following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. Well, one of our family members went to be with Jesus last Sunday. Francis Anne de Soti, one of our beloved family members, went to be with Jesus last Sunday. And uh, what a blessing she was. I don't know uh, whether everyone here knew Francis, but those that have been in our church for a while certainly knew Francis, the lady in, our, in the wheelchair. But you know what? She wasn't the lady in the wheelchair. That's really important that we understand that. But she wasn't like, she wasn't in a wheelchair. Well, she was, but she wasn't. Because she was free. And uh, she lived this incredible, free-spirited life that wasn't constrained to a wheelchair, but was free because her spirit was free. And everything about her was, for, was, was free. And everything about her was lovely. The amazing thing about Frances is this, is that you couldn't even begin to feel sorry for her because she wouldn't let that happen. And uh, she just, um, if you had a conversation with her, Francis, how are you? Well, I'm fine, but how are you? That's more important. She had this amazing ability of turning things around. I'm, I'm telling you, the special people in this world are not the people that are me-focused. The special people in this world are those who are others-focused. And, and, you know, some people might think, well, well, she's a natural. She was just born that way. Let me tell you, she wasn't born that way. She became that way. Matter of fact, Frances herself testified that um, she was going through a season in her life where she was just confronted with depression. And uh, specifically after her father died, she was confronted with depression and um, got caught into this whole black hole of depression. Can I just say to you that, um, that it's a very real thing and I don't ever want to minimize the seriousness of depression. And also, there's a clinical state to depression that I never want to minimize. But want you to understand that sometimes depression can be because of a chemical imbalance within the brain and, and if it can be resolved through a chemical input that balances the serotonin depletion, I have no issues with that whatsoever. Just as I have no issues with someone who's a diabetic getting insulin, and I've got no issues with that at all. I just need for you to understand that not every depression is a situational scenario. It can also be a clinical scenario. Anyway, having said that, Francis got saved. And when she got saved, everything turned around for her. And it, this journey started where she began to understand that she didn't have to live a depressed life, but she could live a blessed life. And so she chose that she was going to go from depressed life to blessed life. And it fits so well with the series that I've started called The Blessed Life. And, uh, and so the title of this message this morning, under... The blessed life is the Francis filter. But I'm going to let Francis talk to you about her conversion and how she discovered the secret of going from a depressed life to a blessed life. Let's have a look at Francis. 
What I want to talk to you about this morning is the secret that Frances discovered to help her go from a depressed life to a blessed life. And yes, that started with her receiving Jesus into her life, into her heart, as she put it. But then this journey of putting a filter over your mind so that you actually protect your mind from the stuff that wants to come in. And so in honor of Francis, I've called this the Francis filter. And uh, before we leave today, we're all going to put one on. How exciting is that? So let me define what the Francis filter is very quickly. The Francis filter is a filter that keeps the negative thoughts out. Just keeps those negative thoughts out. The second thing it does, it allows the positive thoughts in. And then the third thing that it does, it actually keeps the good thoughts in. And that's, and that's, that's just as important as allowing them in because we don't want them in and then out. We want them to stay. And so what this filter does, it just keeps them in. And can I tell you that this was the secret to Francis having a sweet spirit. Now, you know, the fact is that anybody can have a sweet spirit when everything's going perfect. Isn't that right? Anybody can be happy when everything's going perfect for you. But is there anybody here that has everything going perfect for them all the time? I don't think so. But let me tell you, Francis certainly wasn't someone that had everything going well for them all the time. Matter of fact, the thing that stands out about Francis was that she lived a life full of challenges. There were many, many challenges in her life. But when you met Francis, you would never have known that the challenges were there. Such was the sweetness of her spirit that she was able to block out all the negative stuff. Not, not that she did not acknowledge that there were challenges. She wasn't naive in that respect. She just learnt the secret to not allowing those challenges to swamp her. And so let, let me talk to you a few of the challenges that she faced and how the filter worked in her life. One of the big challenges that, um, that Frances faced was that she was divorced. You say, well, that's a big one. It's a big one for a woman, especially. Why is that? Because divorce can easily speak rejection into a woman's heart. And that thought of rejection can easily come in. Well, there you go. You've been rejected. You've been discarded. And those thoughts can come in and penetrate your spirit and cause you to be swamped by it. But not Francis. She put the filter over her life and thought, you know what? I might be divorced, but I'm accepted by God. He hasn't divorced me. Matter of fact, my Lord is my husband. And that whole concept, sweet spirit, just an amazing thing. The filter stopped those thoughts of rejections from penetrating. To wake up one day and realize I'm a single mum. I've got three girls to look after. And I think, Felicity, you were one when that happened. Is that right, Felicity? And by the way, it's nice to have Felicity here this morning, the youngest of uh, Francis' children. Single mum with three girls to raise up. How many of you know the thoughts of stress? Stress, my goodness. It's pretty stressful having children full stop, let alone being a single mum trying to raise them by herself. But you know what? 
she decided, I'm not going to let stress possess my soul. I'm going to become a pillar of strength. And you know what? She became a pillar of strength, not a pillar of stress. So, so that even when the girls became adults, they would still go to their mum for advice because she had sowed into their lives that no matter what happens, I'm not going to let stress dominate me. I'm going to let strength come out of my lives. And uh, words of wisdom, words of advice, right to the end. I remember Vanessa telling me, she took a video of saying, Hey, mum, you know, just want, I just want you to give me some advice. Just before you go to be with your Lord, just give me some advice. You know, Vanessa's about 30 years of age, still asking her mum for advice. I love that. Why? Because a long time ago, she put a filter against that whole being dominated by stress. I'll never forget the day when uh, Anne and I got the phone call saying, quick, go to North Shore Hospital, Royal North Shore Hospital. Francis has been run over. And, um, and so Anne and I rushed. It was the 31st of December, 1999. Never forget it. We just rushed to Royal North Shore Hospital. And uh, Frances had been run over. She'd lost immediately. Couldn't feel her legs, couldn't feel her arms. She was paralyzed. And we went to the hospital to see her. And the, I, don't know, I don't know if you've ever had a bad accident where the panic sets in, where the fear sets in, where it just, it just becomes just totally domineering of your life. But when we rushed to the North Shore Hospital and Anne and I were, we were panicking. We, we were in a panic. We arrived there and we see Francis laid out on a hospital bed. And when she saw us, the first words that came out of her mouth was not, oh, what a tragedy has happened. Oh, what a terrible situation has happened. The first words that came out of her mouth was this, all is well with my soul. I couldn't believe it. I looked at her. I could not believe that they were the first words to come out. Because, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm feeling the pain for, for, for one of our family members. I'm feeling the anguish for one of our family members. But there she is laid out just in this whole circle of peace. Why is that? Because that filter came to place and it just stopped the panic. And it just said, now all is well with my soul. So the doctor was saying, well, we won't know, we won't know what the story is until you know, the spinal cord comes down. It's been bruised. It's been bashed. It's been, this has been broken. This is the thing. And we really don't know if you're going to get movement or whatever. And then a few months later, the doctor comes in and, it's a, and says, Francis, you will be a quadriplegic for the rest of your life. I don't know how would you feel sitting there having those words spoken into your life. But Francis' filter came to play right there. As soon as the doctor spoke those words, you are a quadriplegic. The filter came in and said, and she responded immediately, says, no, I'm not a quadriplegic, I'm Francis. I won't be defined by my quadriplegia. Francis means free and I'm free. Where do you get that? What type of person thinks that way? Someone that's put a filter over their mind. And then last June, she's not feeling well. Has some tests done. 
doctor says to Francis, I'm sorry to say, but you now have pancreatic cancer. There's no cure. And you've got a few months to live. Again, how many of you would start to feel sorry for yourself? I'm I'm talking, you know, you've gone through all these trials, all these tribulations, all these adversities in a wheelchair, and then you finally get the message. You've got pancreatic cancer, a few moments to live. And you know what her attitude was? Well, if I've got a few moments to live, I'm going to make the most of it. Never felt sorry for herself. To the point when, when I... I went to visit her. I just felt the Holy Spirit say, go visit Francis because I'm going to do something. And I didn't fully know what God wanted to do until I went to see her. And, um, and we were able to get that testimony down on video. But when I went to see her, just to, and, and you know, her days were numbered, very clearly numbered. Do you know her attitude was? So tell me about you, John. What's happening in your life? I'm saying, hey, Francis, I've come here to talk about you. She says, but I want to talk about you. I says, what? where do you get this? Where do you get this? To, to a point where the last time that Anne met Francis in you know, a, a clear conversation, Francis says, can I pray for the multiple services that you're going to have at North Shore Christian Center? And so the last time that Anne and Francis prayed together was over these multiple services that we've started because the whole mindset was, you know what, it's not about me, it's about others. And you know what, when she passed away, you know what I felt? I felt I want her legacy to be imparted to every single one of us. I want whatever Francis had, that secret that she discovered, to be imparted to every single one of you so that you can go through life with that Francis filter just filtering out all the stuff, all the rubbish, all the junk, and being able to only allow the good in and keep the good in so you can go through life. Not being dominated by what's going on in your outer world, but being controlled by the peace that's in your inner world. You know, it's scriptural. It's found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Can we read it together? The Francis filter, Paul talked about it. I mean, he didn't call it the Francis filter. Uh, I'm calling it the Francis filter, but uh, this, is, this is what he said in Philippians 4, verse 8. He says, finally, brethren, again, when, when Paul is saying, finally, brethren, it's like an exclamation mark. He's saying, look, I'm coming to the end of my message, but this is really important for you to note. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. Think about these things. So this is the way that I see it. I see Paul saying, you actually have a gate to your mind. You actually have an inner world and there's a gateway to that inner world. What are you letting in to the gateway that enters your inner world? And the way that I see it, Paul was saying, let the filter be like a sentry that stands at guard to your inner world. How many of you love the sentries? How many of you 
seen, well, we, we call them bouncers today. Okay. So, so you can relate more with bouncers. My, I, I had cousins that were bouncers. And they actually taught me how to look tough. So do you want to see a John Juliano tough look? You do? Chris, this will really help you. Right, come, come up on stage. I'm, I'm gonna, come on, this is, this is Pastor Chris Carrera. Woo! Okay, so this is what you're to do. So my guns are hidden, but I'm going to expose them, okay? So you get your fists and you push them out like that, see? That's it. So can you see how big my guns are compared to yours? <laughs> Can't get your hand around him. So there's. So come, come here. Who told you to sit down? You're scaring me. Okay. Amen. So come on, Chris. Let's do the the centuries. Here we go. So can you imagine two big tough centuries? Here we are. We're the bouncers, and there's a gateway to your inner world, and so you got to get past Pastor Chris and Pastor John. Your thought, and so uh, you're going to take a photo. <laughs> <laughs> it's already done. <laughs> Come on. This is, uh, this is not a selfie. Look at that. All the... <laughs> this is hilarious. Anyway, let's get serious. Pay attention. So every thought has got to go past the centuries. Every thought's got to go past those guards. And those guards ask the question, are you a true thought or are you a lie? Are you truth or are you deception? And if the answer is, well, I'm a light, well, we will not give you access. You are unauthorized and you will not get past us. So the problem with a lot of people is that they haven't got centuries on their mind. They haven't got guards. They haven't got a filter. And so any wild thought just goes shunk, straight in. Any wild thought that's skipping around, shunk, straight in. And can I tell you that the enemy is a liar. He is a deceiver. He wants to steal your inner world peace. And so he'll come in with a lie. God doesn't love you anymore. God hates you. Man, you've committed the unpardonable sin. And this is where the century's got to rise up and say, man, that is a lie. Bible says this, nothing shall separate me from the love of God, nor height, nor depth, nor created thing or any other thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God. When God said that he loves me, he meant that. That's the truth. Come on, where's the century? Where's that filter to stop those lying thoughts coming in? Paul says, make sure that you ask the question to every thought. Are you truth? Or are you a lie? Jesus said, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. So if you've got an inner world problem that's causing chaos, is a truth at the bottom of that, 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 that thought? Or is there a deception? Or is there a lie at the bottom of that thought? Because if there's a lie, you just need to get it out. Here's the second question Paul tells us to ask. Is that thought noble or is it nasty? Is it a noble thought or a nasty thought? Is it a thought that's worthy of you? Or is it just one of those nasty, nasty thoughts? How many of you know that sometimes nasty thoughts come in? Huh? How many of you ever had someone cut you off in traffic? And those nasty thoughts come in. I'm going to just tailgate him. I'm going to... Yeah. 
or sign language comes out. (laughs) Nasty thoughts. Come on. Too many people just love dwelling on nasty thoughts rather than noble thoughts. So put your centuries on duty. Is this a noble thought or a nasty thought? And if the answer is nasty thought, no unauthorized entry allowed in this person's world. Here's the third question Paul asks. Is this thought a just thought? Or is it a prejudiced thought? Let me talk about that. Because a just thought is a thought that's been well balanced and presented from every angle. A prejudiced thought is a thought that is unbalanced and presented from the wrong angle. And too many people just bring in prejudiced thoughts rather than balancing them out with the full gamut of the scenario. So, so, so I just hate prejudice. Why do I hate prejudice? Because it hasn't been well thought out. There's no, there's no justice in prejudice. So be really careful when you're given information to find out, well, what's the other side of the story? Don't just listen to one side of the story and run half-cocked with one side of the story because it is an amazing thing. I mean, I remember my early years of ministry when I was just brand-new pastor. I would have, uh, you know, people come in for marriage counseling and, and I've learned now that they both come in together because in the early days what would happen is the wife would come in and she'd tell me about the husband. And I'm sitting there thinking, what a mongrel dog he is, man. <laughs> Wait till I get hold of him. I'll, I'll get hold of him and really... And then he'd come in and, and tell me his side of the story. And I thought, gee, wow, what a bit of work she is. My goodness. You know, she twisted the whole thing around to make him look like a dog. And it was just... And then I began to realize, uh-uh, you just can't run half-cocked with half a conversation. You've got to get both sides of the story. So how many of you know there's always three sides to a story? There's his side, there's her side, and then there's the right side. <laughs> and you can only find the right side when you put it all together. So that's what justice is. No judge will make a decision if he hasn't heard the whole story. And so he gives both parties freedom. The, he, you know, there's, 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 the lawyers get in from both sides so that the judge can come up with what is justice in this. Because if you only hear one side of the story, it will always be prejudice. Here's another question to ask. Is it, love, is it pure? Is, my, is that thought pure or is it impure? Come on. Come on. We are being attacked with the most vile thoughts that's, that any generation has ever been exposed to. Are you allowing impure thoughts just to have free access to your inner world, it will create chaos. Ask yourself this question, is this a pure thought or is this an impure thought? Because if it's impure, what's it got to do with you? Just, it's only going to damage you. It's only going to cause havoc in your life. And can, hey, look, let me talk about this for a little while because this is so powerful. 50%, this, this is the latest stats that are coming out right now, 50% of men have an addiction to pornography. It's a plague Pornography is a plague in our world. And pornography is all about impure thoughts. It's all about creating a fake world, an idolatrous world where you're actually worshipping at an image. And, and, and this is where 
we've got to break that whole thing of pornography because it's ruining people's lives. And it's just the whole thing of the impurity of it all. Now, this is the sad thing, that the latest stats coming out as well tell us that kids as young as 11, that's when they start viewing pornography, 11. That's when they start getting exposure to it. It's just getting younger and younger because of the access to, uh, uh, to the internet and, uh, and just, just all the rubbish that's coming out. And it's creating havoc in our world. It's creating havoc with young men. We're hearing stories of young men just treating women badly. And they're treating women badly because they've been exposed to a bad way of treating women. And it's just, it's just wrong. It's just, you know, you, oh, well, you, 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 you're making us feel bad. No, I want to make you feel good, but feel good in the right way. And there are pure thoughts and impure thoughts. And so when you start looking at someone who's not your wife and you start lusting after them, what is that? Huh? What, what, what's all that about? When, 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 when a man starts uh, 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 visualizing a woman in a state of undress, what is that? Is that is that nobility, or is that just base nature? You know, we're called to be protectors of our women, not lusters over our women. There's got to be something about a man that rises up. Come on, if you're going to clap, might as well make it a good clap. To rise up and just be men of integrity, men of honor. Why is that? Because you've got a century right there. That blocks those impure thoughts going in. And everything about your life is pure because you've got a sentry at work, a filter at work. Here's another question Paul asks. Is the thought lovely or is it ugly? Is it a lovely thought or is it an ugly thought? Ugly thoughts. Thoughts of revenge are ugly. And you know what? There are movies out there that just love to generate those thoughts of revenge. They just just press some buttons. Man, if... It ever happened to me, I'd rip him apart limb for limb. I, you know, I tell you, there's just, you know, if someone, if someone, I, how many of you, how many of you have been in situations where the temptation of having an ugly thought has come in and you've almost relished the ugly thought? It's like, yeah. It's not doing you any good. Seriously, it's not doing you any good. Lovely thoughts will do you good. Ugly thoughts won't. Here's another question we need to ask. Is it a good report? Because if it's not a good report, it's gossip. So don't be someone that just loves to hear gossip. Be someone that loves a good report. I love good reports. I love to hear the people around me are doing well. I love to hear... When young people do well, I love to hear a good report. Gossip is just, it's so destructive. Gossip. Gossip. And the world just loves the gossip. There are magazines that are set up just as gossip magazines. Here's a good discipline for you. When you're at the doctor's surgery next or at the dentist next or at the hairdresser's next, don't touch the gossip magazines. (laughs) Get on you, John. (laughs) He said, but I've got, I've got a stash of them at home. You know what it's doing? It's feeding that whole gossip spirit. You know, wh- why would you want to hear what's going on in so-and-so's life? Their life's a mess anyway. Why? Because without Jesus, people's lives are a mess. And so what you're hearing about this and that, it's someone else's interpretation. They don't get a chance. They're trying to run away from it. But you know what? 
It just feeds that whole gossip spirit. You know, if, if you come to me, did you hear about so-and-so? I don't want to hear about so-and-so, yappity yap yap. My attitude is, okay, let's phone up so-and-so and find out what's really going on. So if you're so concerned about so-and-so, let's phone them up and pray for them. Oh, no, 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 no. I just want to spread the gossip about them. What is wrong with that picture? Come on, put a sanctuary right there, a filter right there at your mind and say, gossip not allowed. Only good reports are allowed because I want to spread good reports. I don't want to spread gossip. Here's another one. Are you ready? Paul says, is it virtuous? And so you've got this contrast between is it virtuous or is it sinful? So if, if it's a virtuous thought, then let it come in. It's allowed in. But if it's a sinful thought, why would you let it in? Because the sinful thought is actually the catalyst to the sinful action. How many of you know that no action of sin is ever committed without first the thought of sin? So that's why Jesus said, if anyone looks on a woman and lusts after her, he's already committed adultery in the heart. So the Old Testament just basically said, thou shalt not commit the action of adultery. Jesus, Jesus begins to say to her, but let me give you the New Testament kingdom principle that every action first begins with a thought. And it actually becomes sin at the thought level because it's connected to the action level. So if you stop the thought, then you've actually stopped the action. But if you dwell on the thought, you're there, you're there on the journey for the action. So, so, so it's in the thought life that we've got to put a sanctuary. We've got to put that, that guard. We've got to put that filter so that our thoughts are virtuous thoughts, not sinful thoughts. And finally, Paul says, is that thought worthy of praise? Is it a praiseworthy thought? Is it worthy or is it unworthy? Is it a worthy thought for you? Or is it unworthy? Is this thought good for you or is it below you? And just rise up and say, you know what? That's an unworthy thought for my life. Nah, my life is a life that's dedicated to God and that thought is not worthy of my life. Let me tell you what Proverbs chapter 4 says. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. The issues of life talk about the whole issues of life are your boundaries, are your borders, are what you accomplish with your life. Bible says that your heart, which is really your inner world, there's you know all sorts of definitions, spirit, soul. Let's talk about your inner world and your outer world. Your inner world, what's going on in your inner world? Here's, here's the writer of the Proverbs saying to his son, above all things, and this is one of the translations, Young's literal translation says, above all things, I want you to focus in on this. Guard your heart, guard your inner world. Guard what's going on on the inside of it because it's out of your inner world that your outer world is affected. See, too many people have got the reverse concept. That what happens in my outer world creates peace in my inner world. But the truth is, the peace in your inner world creates peace in your outer world. And this is what stood out about Francis. When you looked at her outer world, you saw wheelchairs. You saw carers. 
you saw someone there trying to do the very necessities of life for her. I can't think of anything more humiliating than not being able to do the very basic necessities for yourself because you're unable to do so and you're dependent upon someone else. That certainly can trigger off so much resentment, so much anger. But when you looked at Frances, she was at peace. She was full of joy. She was full of contentment. Not because her outer world was perfect, but her inner world was in order. And that's where the freedom comes, is in the inner world. And in your inner world, you protect it. You put a filter there so that you understand this very important principle, this incredibly important principle. Is that what goes on in your inner world affects your outer world. And the peace that you want to experience is never found in everything going perfect for you. It's found in your inner world being at peace. The joy, the happiness. This, it's, it's, it's almost a demand now. My right in life is the pursuit of happiness. I think it was Thomas Edison. No, it wasn't Thomas Edison. It was one of the presidents that was one of the first to coin that phrase, the pursuit of happiness. And we kind of feel it's now our ambition in life to pursue happiness. The problem is that most people think that happiness is found in the number of things that you have. Most people think that happiness is found in what you possess in your outer world. Whereas in actual fact, the pursuit of happiness is found in what you possess in your inner world. Because what you possess in your inner that's why you can go to villages in some of the poorest parts of the world where people have hardly anything and they're happier than going to the big cities of the world where they've got bank accounts full of money but are stressed to the max. They've got all the stuff that life has, but their inner world is chaotic. Francis discovered this incredible secret. And it was, I want to keep the chaos out of my inner world. So I put a filter over my mind and I stopped the negative thoughts coming in. I stopped them. They stopped right there. Bang. As Paul said, it stops right there. And all that happens is that peace comes in and joy comes in and love comes in. Come on. How many of you want that? Dan, if you can come, let's, uh, let's, let's bring this to a close. You know what we're going to do right now? We're going to do some, something symbolic. And what we're going to do is that I want to give you a gift. How many of you want a gift? I want to give you a gift from Francis. It's called the Francis Filter. I've spoken about it. But in a moment, I'm going to ask you to do something symbolic. Are you ready? So I just want you to put out your hands. Right now, I want you to literally see the Francis Filter in your hands. And it's a filter to stop all the negative thoughts. It's biblical. It's scriptural. It's from Philippians 4.8. When you feel that you've got it, I just want you to put it onto your mind. And so I want you to lift up your hands and put them on your mind so that you just put that filter over your mind. Just put it onto your mind, onto your head, just to stop it. 
any negative thoughts, any of that rubbish, any of the impurity, any of the lies of the enemy, just stop it going in in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, right now, I just pray that every single person in this auditorium, I just put on that, that Francis filter, that filter over their minds, over their heads. Too many people have just accepted every single lie, every single deception, every single impurity, every single ugliness without putting a stop to it. And right now, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray a protection, a filter over our minds. Right now, a filter, a filter, a filter over our minds, a filter, a filter over our minds, over our eyes, Lord. Today, let it be something incredibly powerful that we leave this auditorium totally transformed because we've put a filter to stop the rubbish to stop the junk, to stop the impurity, to stop the lies. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 